today I'm going to start just a couple of weeks on uh, the subject of redemption and it really flows in with where the service is going today. Um, so I'm really excited, like um, the Holy Spirit has oh, been talking to um, Deb and I about redemption, uh, particularly for our region. So I just think it's just time to actually speak into this. Um, and also just a little heads up before I go into the meeting. Um, you know, we've got this whole vision for another building here at Thrive, and then we're really excited about, um, you know, what God has dropped into the heart of the leadership team and, and us as a church about uh, another building, a building that we own, that we don't lease, that um, has got God's call and destiny on it. Um, we were out praying this week. Uh, I've got a group of guys um, that meet now and again uh, on a, uh, a weekday morning. We kind of rock up to Coffee Culture about 7 o'clock and then we might come back here and pray and pray for each other and pray for church. And this uh, on Friday we went out actually in, uh, in Edward's car and um, ended up on Leeming's Road or something like that. We, we parked up and, uh, and we started praying uh, just for, for, our, for our community, our region. Um, and just a couple of things that came out of that prayer time, I just want to share with you, um, because we are, we're really calling a region into the kingdom. And we just heard that again today from Connor as well, is that, that we've got a, an assignment on our lives as a church, not just to do church, not just to turn up to church, uh, but to be the church, you know, to be the bride of Christ. I know it's a weird analogy, but to be that, that one that God is just so proud about and that, that bride is so purpose-filled, that we are purpose-filled believers. Um, we have got an assignment for this region. And just a few things that came out was that Jesus' blood is enough to cover Rangiora. Like it covers this town. His blood covers this town completely, entirely. Um, you know, and that includes whatever has been spoken over this region that is not in line with his word and his heart. You know, he, whatever, whatever, you know, murders that have happened in, in North Carolina, his blood covers that. You know, words of violence and, and things that are going on in homes that are broken and all that, his blood is enough to cover that. His blood is enough to cover, you know, the Freemasons, when they established what they did. You know, the Jehovah's Witness, when they established what they did. The, the Mormons, you know, the, 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 the witches and the, the things that are happening in this atmosphere that we don't know about that is against his kingdom. His blood is enough. And he is going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, um, you know you're going to have a good service when your pastors are praying at 2.30 in the morning for you. This morning we were, we were just, sleep was not happening in our house and Deb and I were just, we just like, well, let's just pray. And um, so we had an amazing prayer time at 2.30 this morning and just spoke peace over our house and just come against some things that we just felt were like assignments against us. And we just took that time. It was not like the most desirable time to be praying, but we did that for half an hour. Josiah just immediately settled down and went to sleep. And I actually went to sleep for the first time that night as well, which was awesome. And so we, but there's, there's a contention that we're pushing against here as a church. And we, we feel that contention, but we need to pray into it and pray believing. So let's be a church that can do, continues to contend for the breakthrough. Like we are in a season of contending for the breakthrough. That's what, that's what we believe. Um, the, so a, a couple of other things is that we want an increased clarity about the location of where this church is going to be, where he wants us to build. If that's something that you can be praying for as well, for like where strategically is our church going to be? 
you know, where is it? And um, we, we kind of have some wonderings, but we just want that clarified so that we can really focus our vision and our intensity towards uh, that area. And the other obvious thing is that we, want conti- we need continual finances released. Um, I just, I just keep seeing this hundred thousand dollar check. You know, every time I think about the the, um, the building, the finances, it's like oh, someone's gonna something somewhere somehow it's gonna come. Maybe someone's gonna sell a property. I don't know. Somehow God's gonna provide supernaturally for this building. It's going to come through this church and through a miraculous um, financial outpouring. So that's what we're praying for. We, every time I think about our church, and um, I think about a landmark, I think about that our church, that Thrive Church, and um, and I don't want to try and say that we're, that, that we're the best church in Rangiora, and I'm not trying to like state my claim and say that we're the best or anything like that, but I believe that there's a call on this church that is unique and specific and that I, I, I keep thinking, okay, this is my thought, I keep thinking of Disneyland, okay? And, and I'm not talking about let's just have, come to church and have th- have rides and, and, you know, the Matterhorn and, and all the cool things about, I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Teacups, uh, yeah, like, well, I'm not going on that. Uh, but, you know, there's something about what Walt Disney do, did that he became, like, Disneyland became a landmark, and he tapped into the imagination of adults and teenagers, and everyone becomes a kid again when they go to Disneyland. And I, I just have such a sense that, that what, what we do and where we go will become renowned and a landmark. It'll be a place of joy, a place of freedom. It's not just going to be a building that has uh, church on Sundays. I'm thinking like an incredible playground for our community and a big field for sports and just like, just like out-of-the-box kind of stuff and, and because we're going to be known for what God's doing in our lives. And people are going to go, I want I want him. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous for what, for your God. You know, I'm jealous for your God. And so that's, yeah, that's a little bit about where the building thing is at the moment. It's exciting, eh? Just uh, God has got a fantastic, a fantastic unfolding vision um, for our lives. I'm just, I had an introduction here to my message and I'm just going to skip the whole lot because my time to speak is getting smaller and smaller. Um, so, if you've got your Bibles here, just jump to Luke 15. Uh, and I'm going to be talking first up in redemption about the Father's perspective of our worth. Okay, so I, I, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just I thank you right now that you want to unlock truth through your word and revelation through your word. We thank you for the deep value that you have for every one of our lives, for every one of those in our community that don't know you, Lord, and then also for the deficits in our lives. Lord, you do not stand aside and just like look at our deficits and, and not want to interact into that, Lord. And we thank you for that you value us deeply this morning. Amen. So this is the, the parable of the lost sheep. Now all the tax collectors and the uh, sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And he comes home and he calls together his friends and his neighbors and he says to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I tell you, that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no 
uh, repentance. So Jesus, this, is, this, is, this takes a snapshot of the heart of God. He is looking after the 99. He is with the 99, but he is not satisfied with 99. He's not, it's, he's, this picture is not complete to Jesus. He's just going, there's something missing. There is someone missing who belongs to this flock. There is something I've got to do to this uh, situation and, and I've got to change it. See, we would be pretty happy with nine, 99%, wouldn't we? Like you think of any exam that you've done and I don't know if you've ever managed to squeak 99% out there. I've never like hit 99. I think I got 97% once for art and that was, I was pretty excited about that. Uh, but 99%, that's like, well, it's basically 100%, isn't it? It's just basically, you're basically there. Um, at the moment, we're renovating our house, as many of you know, because you come to our church lunches. And so you come to the part of the house that is like, you know, that is 90% finished. I've got projects right across my house that I've started and finished to 90%. I'm like the 99% finished guy at our house. It's like, we'll get it mostly done and then we'll move on to some kind of critically urgent other thing and we'll get that mostly done. And then one day, probably in about 20 years, I'll go around and I'll fix up. No, Debbie's like, no, no, two years. (laughs) See, I know what's incomplete. I know, you know, you come in and you don't, you don't see, or maybe you see the wires hanging out the wall and you go, this, this is dangerous. <laughs> you know, Jesus notices things that are not finished. He notices incomplete moments. He notices incomplete people. And he doesn't just sit by and do nothing about it. He has a vision for wholeness. He has a vision for completing the missing pieces in our lives, the missing people, the people missing healing or missing truth or missing out on His grace or missing out on His peace or missing out on joy. He sees the unfinished business in our life and He says, I want to do something about it. I want to do something about it and I will do something about it if you let me. See, missing things have great value to whom they are missing from, don't they? Like if you're missing something, especially like your car keys, which is the key to get going somewhere, and you're running around the house blaming everyone, uh, I don't ever do that, um, for who stole your keys, and then you find them uh, in your bag. You know, that is frustrating. The keys have value because they want to get you, they get you somewhere. They have value, and the Father has got, He is, He, He, He values us so deeply, And He needs us so deeply. He wants us so deeply to be whole. And He wants His church to look whole and complete. He is coming back for a bride that is full and glorious and amazing. And, you know, she is the whole package. And so that's where He's calling us into. He is calling us into the the whole package, the full package. He doesn't want us to live incomplete. The value of a life has immense value to our Father. You know, you read Psalm 139 and it says, I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I knitted you, I, I handcrafted you, I formed you, I believed in you, I created you. And, I, and when I did that, I created you with the full package. I saw what you would look like. I saw the finished product of your life with my grace around it. And, and if you're living today in an unfinished business kind of way, Jesus has vision for the finished product of your life. 
He sees the finished end. He didn't create you to be half finished or have to live with unfinished business in your life. He, he's got a vision for your wholeness. And he, he, he has a vision to restore New Zealand. He has a vision to restore, as we've heard this morning, Rangiora. He commissioned us to pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it does in heaven. Because it wasn't complete at that time. It's not complete at this time. Our, our um, earth is, is hungry for, for heaven. It's hungry to see heaven. And that's why he says, pray it. Pray it. It's not there yet. Pray it. Pray heaven down. Pray heaven in. Pray heaven through your life. It is not finished. Come on, pray some more. And he called the disciples to pray to see the kingdom of heaven released. And he wants, because he wants to bring every deficit and every lack and every incomplete thing back into its fullness of the original intention that God had for it. Um, Jack and Emma uh, were up in, where were you? You were up in Wellington. Why, why Tangy? Why Tangy? Okay, they were in Why Tangy uh, two weeks ago. They were at a twenty-four-seven youth workers conference, and there was about two hundred. Is that right? About two hundred twenty-four-seven youth um, workers from right throughout New Zealand. These guys go into high schools, and they you know get alongside high schools, and they want to see you know young people uh, just blessed. You know, that's the core of the, their, their ministry. And so they um, went up to this 24-7 uh, leaders gathering and they prayed at Waitangi, didn't they? And um, because this year is actually, it's the 200th year of the gospel being released to New Zealand. And as Ian Wright said, it was an invited gospel by the Māori people. And so it was a really awesome time. Like they were up at dawn one morning at Waitangi praying. And so there's people right across this nation have a vision for a revival and, and seeing that Jesus gets his full reward. There's a vision for a full redemption um, happening. And, and, and so what happened at this 24-7 is that they had this chance to meet this guy called Phil Paikia, is that right? Phil Paikia, okay. And so this guy had actually brought the two leaders of, um, well, the leaders of the Mongrel Mob and Black Power to the 24-7 conference. It's quite intense. So he brought these guys to the conference and they stood side by side, I've seen the photo, at the front of the conference while the 24-7 youth workers prayed for them and prayed reconciliation and blessing over their lives. Isn't that amazing? Um, these guys were the, the um, they were the presidents, weren't they? Of the, of the yeah, presidents and patch members. Was there more than just two? There, was a, there were nine of them. And so they've, the, you know, you know the reputation of these gangs. They've done everything from murder to stealing, rape. Um, it's, I mean, that is one bad society to be a part of them, a part of. And but this guy Phil, okay, Phil Pikea, um, who brought them together. He uh, is known within the gangs as the preacher. He's known as the preacher, and this was his name because he was a gang member. He was part of Black Power, wasn't he? And, and so this was his name before he became a Christian. He was known as the preacher because of the grace on his life, you know. He was known as the preacher. And he came to Christ. And he, um, he turned his life around. And um, 
what happened was that God ended up closing down the whole chapter of, of the gang that he was a part of when he, when he came to Christ. And um, then Phil went on to create the, the White Ribbon Society, which is actually a society that um, stands against violence towards women. And every November, they, um, there's, like, there's a special month towards it, which culminates in a White Ribbon Day and is an amazing collection uh, taken up. See, that, isn't, that is amazing, isn't it? Like, we've got a man who was devoted to violence and crime and gang warfare. Um, I think, Jack, you said that you had met a couple of the guys who actually had an assignment to kill Phil. So there was, like, violence around his life. But Jesus Christ came in and called him out to be a man who has got the mark of redemption on his life. See, Jesus redeemed him from death and destruction and hell and has put him into a place of influence uh, to, to be a blessing in this nation. And so to have these two gangs leaders up there being prayed for is an incredible, incredible thing to be happening within New Zealand at this time. Um, so Phil's become a community leader, a preacher, evangelist, and he's just got a passion for changing lives um, and he helps, he works with families and youth to leave, uh, lead a violent free lives. He's a foster dad, a mentor, and so much more. And he's an inspiration to all he meets. See, no life is beyond Jesus' hands. No life is beyond the blood of Jesus. No life is beyond redemption. And he is here to get his full reward. Let me read 1 Peter um, 1.18 to you. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from an empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Do you know the word redemption is a word that's taken from the slave market? And the basic idea is that the slave would obtain their freedom, freedom by the payment of a ransom. That's where the word redemption in the, in the context of this here was given. So you can imagine what a slave would be standing up there on the auction and they're being bidded and, and it was the highest, you know, the highest bidder would receive that slave. See, do you know what Jesus Christ has bid for our lives completely? He is, he is the highest bidder and put the highest price in on your life. He has won you completely with his blood. He has won you completely. It says in 1 Corinthians that you have been redeemed with a tremendous cost in 723. See, he, he has paid the highest price for your life because you are called to do more than just exist. You know, um, you see real estate signs around, don't you? Around town and you see, like with the hopeful sellers and, and uh, then you know the house is gone when sold's slapped on the sign. And, and that's happened because legally a, transition, uh, a transaction has happened. Legally, the ownership has gone from the old owners to the new owners and sold is now uh, a proclamation that that house is under new ownership. And I just want to tell you today that you are brought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are sold by Jesus Christ. You need him as your Lord and Savior. You are brought with the blood of Jesus Christ and he wants to cover you completely with his grace and his goodness. We've been um, talking about um, the, uh, the beauty of a family a lot recently. Um, you know, like for me, the name Fraser, like I... 
I've got a history. Some of it I'm proud of. Some of it I'm not proud of. And 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 I'm a, I'm someone on a journey. You know, I'm I'm like we we're talking about last week. Josh was talking about how we 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 we're permi- we have permission to grow as a church. Like everyone has permission to be on a journey. Everyone has that permission around their lives. And and so I look at my life as like the Fraser, and I think of the defects and go, oh yeah, special. Uh, you know, but uh, we're changing that. We're changing that because, you know, my family name is awesome. You know, it is awesome. Like, we're doing something here that our generations and generations gen- gener- are going to be blessed by being a Fraser because of the inheritance, you know, that, that began with Jesus Christ and then flowed through our lives. You know, the Fair Brothers, come on, incredible. What an cr- incredible family. Every one of our families. You are, you are amazing. You were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ to thrive. It's time to get proud about your name. Like, you know, you may look at your life and go, but you don't know about all the unfinished business and about what I'm struggling with. I want to tell you today that you have got a name that Jesus Christ has put his blood all over and that gives you permission to be sold and brought by him and to go on and know his goodness in your life. He wants to redeem every part of of your life. We've been watching um, a Supernatural Marriage DVD series, which has been amazing, actually. And uh, so Bob and Audrey Meisner have been sharing, and and, um, they were sharing, they've got an amazingly tragic story and an incredible story of grace around their marriage as well. And so they were, um, Bob was sharing about how he was getting counsel from a pastor, and they were out driving, and um, and the pastor, and so Bob's story basically is that his wife had an affair uh, with another uh, another man, yeah, and they had, she conceived, and so Bob was obviously left as a broken man, and and so he was getting counsel from a, another pastor, and the pastor just basically said to them, look, uh, my wife's been having an emotional affair with someone else, and 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 I've kind of just reconciled the fact that I'm really only going, we're only going to have a six out of ten marriage, and um and that's that's our you know that's our that's our merit. We're just going to be like you know we're just going to exist together. We're just going to uh, be like flatmates and because you know that's that can happen in a marriage really easily. Um and and so Bob hears this from the guy and he's like no 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 I can that is not my life sentence. That is not my sure my wife's had an affair and things have gone really bad and but that is not what the blood of Jesus has done to my marriage, just, just that my marriage would just be a marriage that exists and gets by. He's like, no, I'm going to fight for a 10 out of 10 marriage because Jesus has fully redeemed. Has he, has he partially redeemed your life? Has he partially redeemed your, your, your situation? Has he partially redeemed your marriage? Has he partially redeemed your career? No, he has fully redeemed it. He has got a plan to take it to another level. That's what redemption is about. The lost things being fully restored. He wants to fully restore us. As a church in Rangiora, you know, the church, fully restored, glorious, powerful, mighty, amazing, good looking. You know, he loves his church. The other thing just on the side that has struck us so much about uh, what Bob and Audrey were saying is that just, this was like a, a revelation that Deb and I just got for the second time. It's like that Jesus refers to, uh, he uses marriage as an example of how much he loves his church. He uses marriage as an example because he sees the power in marriages. He sees what a marriage can look like. And, and 
and a marriage with the love of God in it is meant to be a beautiful thing that is a witness to the world around us. And we're just like, wow, look at that from that perspective. We don't quite have that yet, but we want to go there. We want to go there. Um, In John 19, verse 30, it says, Jesus took the wine and said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and died. And in, um, in a commentary, uh, the word it is finished is the, word, the Greek word that is called tetelestai. Tetelestai. There we go. Everyone say tetelestai. That's it. it is, um, it's translated here as it is finished. Um, and, but what, what's happened is that parapus receipts have been recovered from the time of, uh, of Jesus. And the receipts have the word Tetelestai, <laughs> written, stamped across them. And it means paid in full. When Jesus died on the cross and cried out, it is finished, he was saying it is paid in full. Paid in full. He has fully purchased your life, our life. Says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that is Christ, and through him to reconcile all things. Everyone say all things to himself. Whether things on earth, things on earth, whether things on earth or things in heaven, not just spiritual things, things on earth. He wants to reconcile things on earth to himself by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you know, um, I just want to like, just proclaim a few things over you guys now, and then we'll finish up. When Jesus died on the cross, there was just three things that stood out to me, is that he wore the crown of thorns. When Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden, they were sent out into a land that had thorns and weeds and things that created a toil and and a hardship around their lives. When Jesus wore the crown of thorns on his head and died with the crown of thorns on his head, this is symbolic, is that that toil and hardship and hard labor died with him. And I know, uh, like, it's good to work hard in life. It's satisfying. There's something cool about working for a reward, and, and that's, that's a good thing. But when Jesus died on the cross, he broke toil. You know, I don't believe we should be working 50-hour week pluses as believers. He doesn't want us to be toiling away in our lives, just trying to get by, just trying to keep the weeds down, just trying to cut back the, the thorns. He's like, I died for you. I fully redeemed your working career. I want you to be blessed. Today, I want to just proclaim favor, the favor of that breakthrough over your life. When Jesus died on the cross, that toil was broken. If you feel like you are in futility mode at the moment and you're toiling away for your income, then there's something better for you. There is something better for you and Jesus has the solution for your working environment. He paid the price so that you wouldn't have to pay the price in your work. The second thing that happened that I just want to bring attention to is that the temple curtain ripped when Jesus died. When the temple curtain ripped, suddenly there was no barrier between humanity and God. 
And I love the fact that it ripped because do you know what tore it up? Grace. Grace tore it up because grace is so much greater than the law. And I just want to drop this out there, you know, is that you can do nothing to reach God. You, your attempt to be good or to maintain a, a, a good appearance as a Christian and, and just to turn up and maybe just if you're turning up to church on Sunday and it's like, you know, that's my, that's my thing and I'm just doing this thing over here and that's a part of, you know, that, that goes into somewhere in my life, the Christian thing. You know, Jesus just didn't die so that you could do the Christian thing. He tore up the, tur- the curtain so that you could enter into the holy place and have an incredible relationship with Jesus Christ. He has got relationship for your life. He wants to talk with you through your life. He wants to walk with you through your life. He wants to just partner with your destiny because He loves you and He made a way. So the temple court, uh, curtain was torn up. The last thing that I want to just talk about is that the earth gave up their dead. When, when Jesus died, resurrection life was released. Miracles were released. The earth gave up their dead. I don't know what that looks like with like zombie. But no, because they weren't the living dead. They were they were the living. You know, he bring he brought life to dead things. Redemption brings life to dead things. He has reconciled everything. His blood has redeemed you. It is paid in full. You and 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 this I just, we are a church that believes in miracles and dead things coming to life and dead parts of your life coming to life. You know, he, he, he's like, I want to restore that, that dead dream. I want to bring, I want to breathe on that again. I want to breathe on that. You know, that sickness, I want to breathe on that because I have got power for you. Let's just stand this morning. We could just have the band up, actually. We just finish with a song. Come on. Thanks, Jared. Let's just let's just lift our hands to God. This is just kind of like if you want to surrender to redemption right now, Holy Spirit. We just thank you that you that you finished the job that we could never finish. You finish that, Lord, so that we can go on and finish it, Lord. We could go on and finish our lives. We could complete the, the call on our lives, God. Lord, today I just speak redemption over every family here today. Lord, every family in this place, God, the great names of our amazing church family, Lord, we just thank you that you've redeemed every family here, Lord. Every lost dream, every lost child, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you paid the price for full restoration, Lord. Holy Spirit, Lord, we just right now, we just thank you, Father, for where you're taking us as a church. We love you, God. Lord, I just pray your blessing and favor over everyone today, God. Lord, for people who feel like they're living with lack around their lives, God. We just release the fullness of your promises right now, God, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We thank you for your joy and your hope, God. We can take a hold of this through faith, God, this morning. In your awesome name, amen.